Good morning, overcomers. <laughs> good morning, light bearers. And good morning, whosoever. Welcome. Uh, for those who are here for the first time, welcome to Calvary Chapel of Rochester. Those who've been here before, welcome back. Good to see you. I'm just elated to be here. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. So just, uh, just thankful for you guys, just uh, the encouragement, uh, the prayers that we receive, and uh, keep it coming. We need it. We need it every hour. Um, there's a lot going on today in everybody's life. Some good, some not so good, but uh, the Lord's in control. And uh, before I pray and, and get started... Um, with what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you. I just want to read. I read this before, but I feel compelled to read it again. And for the music people among us, you'll, you'll recognize it right away. The name of the song is, This is My Father's House. And the line is, This is my father's world. Oh, no, this is my father's world. <laughs> this is my father's world. Oh, let me... Uh, never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. And as we look around us and, and we, we see all the activity, we hear all the noise about these things that are going on, these splinter groups uh, that, that we get the perception that they're large, they're dominating, but they're not. They're just a small percentage of us. And we allow them to dictate how we move, when we move, where we move. And we can ill afford to do that. And as we go through this today, as a body, I just pray that our eyes, ears, and heart will be open to receive what the Lord is calling us to and what he's calling us from. Heavenly Father, we just give thanks for another opportunity to share your word. We thank you for just giving us another chance to get it right. And we pray, Father, that uh, as, as we speak uh, that your word would be rightly divided, and that all hearts, all ears, all eyes would be open to receive what you have for us, Father. We don't know uh, what tomorrow may bring, but you encourage us, Father, to choose this day who we will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So we thank you for that. I thank you for every heart that's represented here today, Father. And I just pray, Father, that each and every one of us would walk out better than when we walked in. So I thank you, Father, not because of, of, of the vessel, but because of the word that you're sharing that affects each and every one of us. So, Father, have your way in this place today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, today, we're going to continue in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Now, this is, uh, we've gone through this before, uh, some of this. And the last time we were together, we stopped in verse 13. But what I like to do, for those who might not have been here, is to go back and just do a, a, a bit of a recap. There's some things that I think that we need to talk about to really get a, a better context of where we're going with this particular passage. And uh, most of us are familiar with uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And before we, before we get into the, the, the later verses, I just want to bring to your attention or remembrance of the names that were given and realizing that they went through a name change. Nebuchadnezzar's objective was to have them conform to the world and not be transferred by the power of their minds. But the Lord says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And that's our desire. So just to get a context, uh, the name change was a big part of it, and it still goes on today, where we, when we get initiated into a, a club or a group of folks, uh, a lot of times uh, the ones who are, are overseeing that group require a name change, and the idea is to take us away from what we've grown up to, what we believe, and to believe what the powers to be have. In this case, it was Nebuchadnezzar. So he brought in these young men who were typically between the age of 14 and 17. And he said, Daniel, 
your name means God is my judge, but we're going to call you Belshazzar, which means Bel, protect the king. And Bel was a heathen idol who was worshiping Babylon. For Hananiah, his name was the Lord is gracious. Nebuchadnezzar chose to change that name to Shadrach, which means command of Aku. And Aku was a Babylonian sun god. For Mishael, his name meant who is like the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar wanted that changed to Meshach, which is who is like Aku, which is the god of Venus. And for Azariah, the Lord is my helper. He wanted to change that, or did change that, to Abednego, servant of Nago. Nago or Nabo was a god of vegetation. So the idea here was to take them away from their, their Hebrew names, to take them away from their Hebrew culture, to take them away from their Hebrew language, and to take them away from their Hebrew literature. And again, uh, what we're going to do today, we're going to parallel some of these things to what's going on with us today. And yet there's a lot going on, as I said. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but wait, there's more. And, and uh, it's coming. It's coming because we become passive. And anytime you take the teeth out of the lion, the fear, there's no fear anymore. So basically we, uh, and again, Every time I make a general statement after the service, someone comes to me and says, well, brother, that's not me. I'm making general statements here. Please understand that. I know some of you people are out doing stuff, you know, waving signs, making noise. You're not bashing heads, I pray, but you're out there. You're out doing something, and that's what, what we're going to talk about today. And we're also going to talk about the parallel between when the king demanded that these young men eat from his table, his food, his wine. And these four young men, and there might have been more, but these four were mentioned. I'll just parallel to what the, king, the king's table compared to what's on the king's table today. Nebuchadnezzar is ruling today in some of our lives. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I want you to have a steady diet of television. You say, I want a steady diet of the God's word. It lowers the blood pressure, it eases tension, and it minimizes anxiety. So we need, we don't need the, the king's diet of television. We need God's diet of God's word, reading the word, praying, uh, ministering to others. Another thing from the king's table, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I want you guys to uh, intake more of social media. And the Lord is saying, no, do not take Nebuchadnezzar's diet of social media take diet of praying, ministering, worshiping, encouraging one another in the word, the truth, because for you, I know less about social media than anybody on the West Coast. I, you know, I just, I just don't know it, but I know that there's, just talking to my sisters and brothers, that are, there's a lot of nonsense that written that's, that's there, and it puts you in a position of who you're going to follow, who you're going to follow. And with what we're going through today, a dividing point is the vaccination. Vaccination, you know, have you been vaccinated? Once upon a time, that was a personal question. Once upon a time, who did you vote for was personal. But now complete strangers walk up and you say, hey, have you been vaccinated? It's like, that used to be personal. What happened there, folks? And the, the point is now, Nothing's off limits. We are not respecting privacy anymore. And we're being put in a position where Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I'm going to demand that you do what I say or you suffer the consequences. I'm going to demand that you take this or you lose your job. I'm going to demand that you, you do what I ask you to do. You take this injection or you're going to lose uh, support of your family. That's what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. But God's saying, no, I got a better way. Trust me. And three of the words that we're going to talk about today, trust, belief, and obedience. And we, we all struggle with those to some extent. As far as trust, who do we trust? Who do we trust? You know, we, we hear so many conversations today about who do you follow? And we, we, we laugh at the guys. I follow Paul. I follow Paulo. I follow... And we say, that's ridiculous, but we're doing it today. 
We're doing it right now. Who are you going to trust? What information are you going to trust? Well, I trust Dr. Osborne because he says that this is good for you. Well, I trust Nurse Ratchet because she said this isn't good for you. you know, and I trust you know, this person or that person because, of, well, how do you know what's right and what's wrong? Well, I read on Twitter that this is not good for you. Well, I read on Twitter that it is good for you. So somebody's wrong. Somebody has to be wrong. I read on Twitter that 99% of the people that are in ICU have been vaccinated. Well, I read on Twitter that 99% of the people on ICU have not been vaccinated. Now, I'm doing the math in my head, and somebody's wrong here. So 99 plus 99 doesn't come out to be 100%. But the point that I'm making is that we have been drawn into this, and I'm going to change the the approach I've taken before, and, and I feel I must, because too many people, when these statements are made, they feel like, you're talking to me? And I'm not talking, I'm talking to the body in general. You know if you're doing the right thing. You know if you're trusting the Lord. And if the Lord says no to you, he might say yes to me or vice versa. And that's what we have to do. Let's not impose our will on anyone about what we believe. Another thing that Nebuchadnezzar has set before us on his table, super, I'm sorry, seeker-friendly churches. We have to be very careful there. And this is something that we get to hear every single week about you got to come to this church. They got all these programs. They got all this activity. But what about what are they doing in the word? Well, you know, they, they give it 15 minutes of the word, but but it's all good. It's all good. You got you got to hear this worship band. They got 17 members and it's like going to a concert every week. What else you got? And that's it. So we need to be careful with that. We need to be careful that we don't get drawn into, into these things because that may be okay for some people, but it may not be good for us. So uh, back to, to these verses, uh, we're going to continue uh, Daniel chapter 1. We're going to continue in 13. We're going to have to skip over a lot, but the idea was to keep moving forward because if I go back and, and do too much recap, then we're going to miss a lot of what the Lord has for us here. Actually, I'll start with verse, um, verse 9, and then we'll just go. I think we can get through those others. Uh, verse 9, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. This is where the trust came in. Did the chief of the eunuchs make the decision that he was going to support Daniel's idea to do this? No, it was the Lord. If you guys remember when God granted Joseph favor, even though he came from a rough beginning, and now he's granting Daniel favor with all the powers that be. And now God is blessing him. And it says that God honored Daniel's trust and allegiance by working favorably for Daniel among the heathen leaders. God's doing the same thing today. God's working among the heathen leaders. And what I want to encourage us to, to know and to do is be understand that prayer changes things. And we've had heathen leaders in our midst. And through prayer and through supplication, some of them were removed. Now, granted, I'm not going to say we got anything better, but the Lord made a change. And what's happening now is we've already allowed them to see that we can be moved through fear. We gave them a whole year, year and a half to realize that, well, if we instill fear in them, then they'll, we can be the puppeteers and they can be our puppets. They'll do whatever we say. And we proved to them already that we would do that. And the problem with that is once you give a humankind a certain amount of power, it doesn't go back. It just keeps on escalating. So that's what's going to happen if we don't take a stand, if we don't make our voices known, if we don't, if we continue to roll over, then these things are just going to continue to escalate and we're going to end up regretting it. Think of the things that we've uh, regretted in the past. Again, some of this is a repeat of what we said before, but Roe versus Wade, we got regrets. We didn't take a stand. Some did. 
But for the most part, we didn't take a stand, so it occurred. Powers that be, hey, let's take prayer out of school. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Let's. It happened. We got regrets. And uh, we're waiting for the day when they says, whoa, the guy's got a Bible in public? Arrest him. Well, that'll never happen in a good old U.S. of A. Really? Really? Don't believe the, the nonsense, folks. It can happen. And we're showing that it can happen because all the things that are happening right now, what do you mean I can lose my job if I don't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar? That'll never happen. Some of you out there know what's happening. As we speak, some people sitting right among us today know that it's a fact. How many of us are going to allow these things to just keep going, keep escalating? Even uh, months ago when they said, we're going to close the churches, but we're going to keep the liquor stores open. We bought it. We allowed it. And what's to say that we won't allow it again? Have we taken any action? There were some churches, California, Maine, that took a stand, probably others, that took a stand and said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to take a stand against what you're compelling us to do. And another thing we need to understand, and one sister brought it to my attention, a mandate is not a law. It's important to know this because the word says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And if you're thinking that, well, he said that we have to do this, it's a mandate, my friends. Essentially, it's a suggestion, but people don't know. They just follow along blindly. And we use the word lemmings a lot because essentially that's what we turn out, turn out being. We can ill afford to continue this, this process. We have to take a stand. We got to be voiceful. And again, the people that are doing these things are not as large as God's remnant. They're not. Uh, again, I tried to explain the term, to, the tail wagging the dog. That's what's happening. It's supposed to be the other way around. The dog is really wagging the tail, but we're at a time now, we're at an era where the tail is wagging the dog. And they're going to take full advantage of us. We need to stand up. Whatever way the Lord puts on your heart, that's what you do. What I do may not be the same as what you do, but we have to take a stand. We have to be visible. And, you know, uh, lady reminded me uh, several months ago that Richard uh, did you notice that a lighthouse doesn't make any noise uh, never really thought about it it's totally effective but it doesn't make noise it's visible I'm here Mr. Ship I'm going to guide you to safety but no noise is required so we can take that same attitude as Christians be visible go out Go out and, and, and we don't have to bring ourselves down to their level of violence and threats. Praise the Lord. Witness to the ones who are out there protesting. And a lot of them, they really are not really a part of it. There are some people who crave attention so much that they're willing to join any group that might appear on television or wherever. And that's what they're doing. So just like any other group, there's a lot of pretenders among them, people who are going along for the ride. So they aren't as big or as enforceable as we think. We need to stand. So let's stand. Uh, when when uh, he talked about vegetables and these things that we mentioned earlier, the television, the, the, the social media, uh, and there's just so many things. I'm sure if I were to ask either of you, some of you, you can just fill in the blank very easily. The things that are, what things are weighing you down? What things are causing you to not be as strong in your belief as you can be? What are those things? And we get, we get weary and well-doing. I know it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I'm usually pretty positive, but I've never seen anything like what we're going through right now. And it's probably happened before. I don't know. But I know that the Lord has put on my heart to be active and say, well, the, if the Lord, the Lord didn't really call me to do anything about this, 
I remember somewhere in the Bible, it says, go out into all the world. All the world. And that's a part of it. And we're not doing that. We're not going out. Well, I'm, I'm praying. I'm staying home in my, in my room, and I'm praying. I'm coming to church and praying on Sundays. It's going to require more. It says, be my hands and feet. And when the Lord talks about hand-to-hand combat, he's not talking about this. He's talking about this. That's what we need to do. Just a part of what we need to do. But seek his guidance. In the path that he lays before you, all you need to do is follow that path, and you're going to be fine. Then you're doing your reasonable service. But if you're doing nothing, the best way to be nothing is to do nothing. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of us are now. And again, this is not to condemn anyone. You have to be obedient to what he's asking you or telling you. It's your choice. He's going to give you a choice. Now, the problem with that is free will. Yeah, I know he gave me a choice to go out, but he also gave me a choice to stay home. So staying home is a lot easier. There's no confrontation. If you move, you're going to step on toes. If you speak, you're going to offend someone. So the only option is to stand still and say nothing. That's not what he's calling you to do. That's not what the word of God says. Be my hands and feet. We need to take that stand. Let's go back and catch up to where we were. Let's start with 11, verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the units had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for a few days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. This vegetable to eat and water to drink is what I uh, said before about rather than television. Not anti-television, but I know it can be a mind drainer. It can be a time waster. My personal opinion, and that's the only opinion you're going to hear from me. Because we need to spend time in the word. We need to spend time fellowshipping with one another. We need to create opportunities for fellowship. And there are a lot of people, well, there are some people in this body now who live alone. They don't get any social activities. They're home, and they come out once a week on Sundays, and they look forward to talking with someone, to being encouraged with someone, to be encouraged by someone. They look forward to that. And we are missing out, and so are they. Well, I don't know them, so I'm not going to talk to them. How do you get to know anybody? If you see a new face, get to know them. And and that's our reasonable service. Again, get to know them. And and that's where we sort of fall down sometimes because we don't welcome them. You should, well, I'm just not bold like that. I'm I'm not bold enough to go up to someone and say, hi, my name is Joe. I don't have that boldness. Do it. Do it. Pray about it. And the Lord will give you that. Are you saying that you think, you think the Lord that we serve would have you ignore someone? I'm thinking, no. So we need to be on it. And I'm not saying get in someone's face and give them your life story, but welcome them. Is there anything that we can do for you? Can we pray for you? And some people are going to say, no, I'm good. But keep in mind, they might be from a religious system that let, think, makes you think that's okay. All you got to say is you're good, and, and, and you're good. There's none good. So pray with them, encourage them, and be encouraged by them. It says, uh, 13, then let our appearance be examined before you in the appearance of the young men who, had, who eat the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. And again, uh, these vegetables, they don't, they don't have to be vegetables in the true sense of the word. They can be uh, barley, wheat, or they can be just fresh vegetables. But in this context, we're going to make that synonymous with the word of God. Instead of watching television, read the word, read the word, read the word. And then in seven days, I'm not going to say even say ten in seven days, allow yourself to be reexamined. And you're going to say, you know, I feel better already. I tuned out, and I didn't think I could. 
it is possible to tune out. We don't have to know everything that's going on around us because if you want to know how it's going to end, it's in here. It's right here. You can go and see how it ends. It says we win. We win. It, it's, it's, it's finished. So we don't, we don't have to be concerned about that. But it doesn't mean when it says rest in the Lord, it doesn't mean chill. It doesn't mean that. It means be about your father's business. Stay active. Stay engaged. Stay informed. But let your knowledge come from here, come from the word of God. So he contented, consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And the prince of the unit was willing to try a 10-day trial period. Now keep in mind that essentially this, this, this uh, prince of the unit's uh, life was at stake. He's violating what the king has dictated. He's allowing these young men to change the scope of things. And Nebuchadnezzar says today, I'm not going to allow you to change the things that I put in place. Are you going to allow that to happen? Am I going to allow that to happen? There's serious consequences to it, folks. We're experiencing them right now. And it's only going to get worse. Verse 15, and, and at the end of 10 days, their features appear better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. And fatter in flesh, in this case, indicates healthiness. You know, you know, you guys look and say, well, I don't know about that one. You look over there at that guy in the third row and you say, well, you know, he's, he's a little hefty. But you don't think in terms of healthiness. But in this case, fatter in flesh indicates healthiness. This test demonstrated that the diet of these young men was superior to that of Babylon. God put everything in place for his will to be done. So God's already put that in place. He's put it in place for you to get away from that that television, get away from that social media, get a, get out of that secret friendly church, if it be his will, and go and, and honor the Lord. God honor those, honors those who honor him. Every time, he will never, ever, ever let you down. So if you give honor to him, if you, you're obedient to his word, and I talk about that word obedient in the beginning, and that's, that's a very difficult word for us. We have trouble obeying anybody, anything. So these powers that be know that eventually there's going to be a fight because you keep pressing and pressing and pressing. People are going to take a stand. The problem is if we don't take a stand in a timely manner, then those things will already be in place. As I mentioned uh, previously, Roe versus Wade, prayer out of school. You can't salute the flag in public. Matter of fact, you can't even fly the U.S. flag in front of your home. Come on, this is, the, this is America. Maybe at one time it might have been, but it's changing. Now you've got two people overruling 200 people by their ideas, their thoughts, their desires. I'm going to go to the town board and say, I don't want these decorations in front of your house and they're getting their way. I'm going to sue you because, you know, you got, you know, a nativity scene in front of your house. That will never happen. Okay. Wake up. You're dreaming. Verse 16. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. These young men were... Uh, now at liberty to remain true to God without compromise or fear of persecution. This is not something that the, the chief of the eunuchs decided. This is not something that Nebuchadnezzar decided. This is something that God decided. And that's what we need to believe. That's why we need to trust him. That's why we need to honor him. That's why we need to be obedient to him. Because he'll work it out. He's already seen where this is going. Doesn't mean that we don't have to play a part, but he's already seen it. Now he knows if my people, if I don't take a stand, and he's already told, if I don't come back, no one's going to survive. He's told us that. So he says, people, stand up. Stand up for what you believe in. And we're just caving in to, to the wills of the powers that be. And we're buying everything they're selling. We can't. 
We cannot. That's a bad word for me, but I'm going to use it in this context. Can't means impossible. But what I want to encourage us to do is rather than say can't, say can try. I'll try it. If it fails, so at the very least, I'm back where I started. But I gave it a shot. I thought the Lord was leading me here, but I found out it was my flesh doing the thinking. It happens all the time. We need to be careful of that. Verse 17, as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Knowledge. Wisdom. Both of these words are used here. There's some smart people in this sanctuary right now. Unfortunately, some of us just had knowledge. So the idea is to take it from here, travel 17 inches to here. That translates into wisdom. Now you're taking what you know and you're using it, not for your gain, but for others. Ideally, that's what the Lord wants in us. So we can have a lot of knowledge. We can, we can know facts and figures. We can either probably do well on Jeopardy or Will of Fortune, whichever one that is. I don't know. But it's just that, so what? So what? And again, some of these people that we're following for what we should do with our bodies, they're smart people, but they like wisdom. Wisdom is not something that I can generate. I can generate knowledge. I can read a lot of books. I don't, but I could. And now we can decide that, okay, I know all this stuff. So we can wow them with facts. We can wow them with knowledge. But wisdom comes from God. God's going to give you a heart to take what you know. Take what you do. Take your skills, your talents, and apply them for the Lord. That's wisdom. So in in this context, they talked about knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. What Nebuchadnezzar wanted to do was to take these young men and not just change their names, but you're no longer going to read this stuff about your God, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We want you to read about our gods, and they had lots of them. So it's just a matter of what applies to you. And, And all of us today, everybody in this room at some point has had gods outside of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Some of us are holding on even now. There's stuff that we're carrying that we don't really need to carry. There are people in this, sitting in this room today who have anger issues. It's okay to be angry. Be angry but sin not. It's okay. God was angry. It's okay to be temperamental. It's okay to suffer anxiety from time to time, but generally speaking, be anxious for nothing. It's okay. These things are okay because God made us. He knows what causes us to stand. He knows what causes us to fall. And he says, I'm okay with the runner stumbling now and then. It's to be expected. You're wrapped in flesh. You're going to do these things. But we need to pray about letting go of these things that hinder our walk with Jesus Christ. We need to let go. It's not an option, my friends, because it's going to come a time when these things are going to be detrimental to you. If they aren't already, they're going to be. Sin is sin is sin. And the word says all sin leads to death. Don't, Don't want to sound morbid, but it's just that we need to hear this. And there are churches that if, if some of us made this statement, they would get up and walk out right now. Well, I don't want to go to a church where they're talking about sin. I want to go to a church where they make me feel good. I want to go to a spiritual pep rally. I want to go where rah, rah, rah. I want to dance. I want to sing. I want to do all these things. But for me to sit there and hear about my shortcomings, absolutely not. I'd rather go someplace else. I won't say down the street because someone would come up to me afterwards and say, do you mean? No, I don't mean. I mean someplace else. So just so we're clear, Daniel and his friend had access to God's written word, and the Holy Spirit was their teacher. This wasn't reserved for Daniel and his friends. 
Everybody in this room, everybody in, in uh, the land of Oz, uh, you have access to God's written word and the Holy Spirit as your teacher. You have that. When you say, I don't understand this, it's so difficult to read, so difficult. And, and for, for those among us, uh, especially in the teaching profession, we have to step outside of ourselves. We have to venture into lands that we don't really know a lot about. So my point is, if you want to learn something that's different from what you've learned, you've got to put time in. I've, I've been teaching English, but now I want to teach French. Then you've got to learn it. It's not going to be easy. You've got to work at it. You've got to work at it. Spanish, whatever, or the language, you have to work at it. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be beneficial. So read the word. It's not easy for some of us, but what you'll find is that when you trust the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will interpret everything for you. There's no question about it, and I can tell you this for a fact. The Holy Spirit will definitely interpret uh, Back to 17, uh, Daniel in verse 9-2, which we'll get to at some year, uh, in the first year of the, the reign of uh, Daniel, uh, um, understood by the books, the numbers of the years specified by the word of God through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now keep in mind that this siege that we talked about in the beginning, not here today, but in prior uh, studies, lasted 30 months and I was thinking um, wouldn't it be interesting how it would take us 30 months before we stepped up and took a stand as Christians that would be very interesting hope it doesn't last that long but it was just a thought verse 18 now at the end of the days when the king has said that they should be brought in the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar this is graduation day for the captives. This is it. This is the final exam. Are they going to graduate summa cum laude? We don't know. But this is the test. Uh, verse 19, then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none were found, like Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. This is the Lord's doing. If the Lord, if it had, Lord had been willing, then they would have never made the grade. They wouldn't have made it. Uh, he could have, uh, Nebuchadnezzar could have looked at them and said, you know what? I see some blemishes. I see some spots. I see some wrinkles. You're out. But God made sure that all the things that he needed to instill in them were there. And he's doing the same thing today. Same thing to each and every one of us. Very same. What he has for you is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to just be, he wants, he's, I am. What do you need? I'm that. What are you liking? I'm that. I am the great I am. I don't care what it is. We all got issues. Everybody that can hear me has issues. There's no question about it, but he's got you covered. You got to believe it. You must believe it. Verse 20, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. They were 10 times greater than the people that he had hired, the, the men and women that he had by his side that were making these predictions, the ones that were claimed to be prophets and prophetesses, all made claims. They told him what he wanted to hear. That's a problem that we have to be careful with. When we go to events, services, churches, be careful that we're just not there to get our itching ears scratched because we'll fall prey to that. If we go there uh, in one of the primary taxes today, not really today, it's been there from the beginning. Prosperity. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have fine cars, fine clothes. He wants you to have money. Oh, yeah, this is a church for me because that's where I want to be. So you're hearing that. And you're getting fleeced. 
You're being deceived. Thinking, if I stay here, then I'm going to have all the trappings of the world. It's not what you think, friends. Not at all. Every form of refuge has a price. If you think that having money is the answer, you're being deceived. If you think in having all the toys is the answer, you're being deceived. Here's the bad part. The problem with deception is you don't know you're being deceived. Deception is one of those 2020 hindsight things. If I had known then what I know now, I would have never done that. Here's a clue. Read this, and you'll see where someone in this book went through the same thing you're going through. There's some who thought money was the answer. There's some who thought other things were the answer. We won't go into details. I think we're all adults, but as I look around, I got some questions. But we, we need to be conscious of that. These young men graduated at the top of their class because they satisfied all the things that Nebuchadnezzar was looking for. How many of us would graduate at the top of our class? How many of us would allow the powers to be that say, yeah, you belong on my staff because of certain things? And we believe it because we want to believe it. These were the final exam tests for these young uh, men in their positions as wise men of Babylon. And the number 10 is used to signify fullness or completeness. They were 10 times better. That represents fullness and completeness. They would completely fulfill all the requirements that were necessary for them to be under Nebuchadnezzar's tutelage. They provide, he, they provided, the Lord provided this. And the Hebrews displayed incredible skill in answering beyond the performance of other men who spoke without God's help. Without God's help, think about that sentence. How many things are wrong with that sentence? Without God's help. Now, I recall somewhere in the word it says, a fool says there is no God. So if I don't need God's help, then what is the purpose of even trusting or believing in this God? He can't help me. In addition to that, I've got it all already. So what do I need? What do I need God for if I got all the trappings of the world? I got toys galore. So it's only for these needy people, the people who are struggling, the people who aren't making, you know, abundance of money, the people who don't have all these fine things that I've got. They spoke without God's help. Where's your hope in God? They don't have it. They didn't have it. Verse 21. Thus Daniel consented uh, that he would uh, reign until the first year of King Cyrus. Cyrus of Persia conquered Babylon in 539 B.C. And his third year is the latest historical year that Daniel mentions. And this verse shows that Daniel was an old man at that time. Um, probably 70, I don't know. I don't know if that would be considered old. It's all a relative term. But the point is, Daniel ruled for a long time. And the Lord was with him all that time. So he, he ruled, he was, uh, Daniel held this office of wise man until his death. So God would give you that long life. And I just want to caution us here, the younger ones among us, that think just because you're 26, 36, 46, that you've got a long way to go. You don't. No one knows the day or the time. No one knows the cause. And we're going away every single day. And according to the word, 100% of us are going to leave here. Are you ready? And a wise man just informed us yesterday that Jesus is coming back. 
get right or get left? We've got hope in him. We've got hope in our Lord. Um, And the word hope appears in the Bible 126 times. The word hopeless appears in the Bible eight times. So if you look at that ratio, there's a good chance that what we're going through, there's hope. There's a plan for us that God is going to bring us through it. And there's no reason why you have to wonder. He has made it abundantly clear that I am with you. I'm with you always. Always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. you got, we got to believe it, folks. And, you know, I will admit to you guys, I have stopped saying that. We got to. Because you don't got to. You have a choice. You have free will. And that's why he says choose this day. So you get to choose to love him. You get to choose whether you're going to be obedient. You get to choose whether you're going to trust him. You get to choose whether he's your Lord or Savior. You get to choose whether he's your Lord and Savior. You get choices with all of this. And there's, that's when, because our God is sovereign, sometimes we, we have these dilemmas that we create ourselves. What's he really telling me? I don't, I don't really understand. You know, uh, even, uh, won't go into details, but, you know, just recently, within the last couple of days, someone mentioned something that we've heard, especially here, us leaders, so-called leaders, um, why would a loving God take away someone that I love? That's not love, but it is. It is. It's love. God is sovereign. He blesses us because he's sovereign, and he chastens us because he's sovereign. And too often we focus on the core of what we think is the problem. Oh, this poor person just suffered so long. Why would the Lord allow that? What we don't have the advantage of seeing is all the peripheral, the people that got drawn to the Lord as a result of this person's suffering. The people that start to question their mortality as a result of God's suffering. The people that said, well, he was healthy. She was healthy. And if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Well, he was only 26 years old. She was only 43 why would the Lord take him out so early? Because the Lord knows I'm going to use this vessel. I'm going to use this vessel to do my will. And so we, we focus so much on that. God sees all of this. He sees all the people that are reacting to the circumstances of the person that's, that we think is suffering. Oh, poor soul. I just wish he would take him home. We don't know what's going on in there. We don't know what's going on in here. We assume that this is the core of the problem. It isn't. He's seen the beginning from the end. I'm going to put this person in the position so they're going to draw others to me, even through their suffering. So he didn't take that loved one away because he didn't love you. He didn't take that loved one away because he didn't love them. He has a plan through everything. God is always working, always. Well, you know what, brother? I've been going through a really hard time. I think the enemy is really working on me. The only one that's working on you is you. You know, because God is always doing something in every situation. And I pray that we understand what that really means. Yeah, we go through hard times. Don't give the enemy credit. Yeah, we go through some tragic times. Don't say the enemy is doing this to me. And it doesn't mean God is either, but we have a tendency to just say God only does good stuff, good by our definition. So anytime anything happens in the valley, it's got to be the enemy. No, my friends, not at all. God's working 100% of the time, no matter what that situation is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you have come through or going into, he's there. He's there. I just want to encourage uh, 
all of us, you know, I shared this with some men yesterday. Um, I, we, often, we all read Psalm 23. What I'm going to encourage you to do the next time you read it, do yourself a favor. Go back, read Psalm 22, 23, and 24. And think, and think of this, a bridge over troubled water. Because, woe is me, oh, I'm, I'm downtrodden, you know, nobody loves me, sky is falling. 23, the Lord is my shepherd. 24, praise God for his mighty works. He brought me through it. I didn't think he could. There's never a reason to doubt. Never. I don't care. I don't care how difficult it is, how sick you are, how discouraged you are. God is working it out. And he will. He never stops. So just keep praying. Keep, keep believing. Keep trusting. Do your best to be obedient to what he's calling you to. Be obedient to what he's calling you from. And as humankind, our tendency is to give up. That's why I mentioned hope. 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 Never ending. He's always there. He's always got a plan for us. He's always got a plan for you and you and you. Always. So when we start to feel that the world is caving in on us, that we're helpless, there's nothing we can do about this situation. Well, we really can't change what happened. We can't fight City Hall. We can't fight government. Well, I think City Hall and government were the one that told you that. God's got it. Take a stand. Take a stand. There's so much more here, folks, that we can, we can get into. And it's just... My heart is just full of the things that he's given me to share with you. And again, I, I just think of a song that it said, I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. And that's where my prayer is that's where we would be, that we would never, ever, ever give up. As far as praying, Pray for that uncle. Pray for that aunt. Pray for that loved one who just seems to be lost. And most and foremost, pray for those prodigal children. There's so many. The numbers are increasing every single day. Every day. The prodigals that are going out, trying to find their way. A lot of them are walking around blind. They lost their way. We have a commission. We've been given a commission. Let's be about our father's business. Let's go out and, and do what we're asked to do. Let's go out and, and encourage and be encouraged. And it's something that I, I continue to repeat because we get to see a lot of people who talk a good game. And that's where it ends. They're hearers, but not doers. We need to be doers of God's word. We need to. We can try. We, we, we need to go out and, and, and address some of these issues. And I know it's difficult. We've all got busy lives. I really don't have time for a PTA meeting, PTSA meeting. I really don't have time to go to, to the uh, town meeting. I really don't have time to go to the, the meeting at City Hall. I really don't have time. I just want to make you aware of something that I learned. Some of you know it already. He gave every person in this room 24 hours. Everybody, no exception. So really what it comes down to is priority. For you younger ones among us who have children in school, do you know what they're reading? Do you know what the curriculum is for next semester, this semester? Do you know? Do you know what plans your town board has in place for you today? 
Well, I don't really need to know that, brother. I think you do. Either you're going to get good results or you're going to get bad regrets. Those are your options. Choose to stay who you will serve. Back to the uh, prodigal children. It's a soft spot. Sometimes it shows. But we get to see, we get to hear about so many things that are going on right now. And at one time, we used to think of these terms, this is happening in the world. But as you get involved in the ministry, you find out that the world is not much different from the church. The church is not much different from the world. Actually, in most cases, just a mirror image. But I thought they were Christians. Do we need to go back and redefine that word? Are you a Christian? Sure, I go to church. You didn't answer the question. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I pray before dinner every night. You're avoiding the question. Are you a Christian? Well, what does that mean? A follower of Jesus Christ. Um, hmm. I'll get back to you on that. Because there are times when it's very difficult. We have to count the costs. Are you going to follow Christ? It's going to cost you something. He never said it was going to be easy. But yeah, brother, it says my yoke is easy. That's not what it means. Never said it's going to be easy. We need to follow him in spirit and in truth. If we don't, we're just going to keep on spiraling away. No one likes to be referred to as a lemming. No one. It's not a term of endearment. But essentially, that's where we are right now. We're at a place where we are falling prey to everything that's dictated to us, by us, with us. We're falling prey to it. We're going to have regrets years to come. What do you mean the pedophile has a right to move over in front of my child's school? That's not good. Here's the thing. They're calling good evil and evil good. We're buying it. What do you mean that this person who chooses to allow themselves to be confused about their gender can come into the public school and teach my child? No way can that happen. Hmm. Look around. Check it out. It's happening. It's not coming. It's here. And this is what happens when you sleep. Church is sleeping. General statement. The church is sleeping. And while we're sleeping, these things are coming in like a thief in the night. These things are coming in. Now, the, the really, really bad thing about this, there is no one here among us today who can say what's next. We have become so indoctrinated into whatever the powers that be dictate or mandate. What's next? You know what? I would have never thought of that happening here. How about what's happening now? Could you ever imagine the things that are happening even today? And now as these little groups start to realize that We don't have to be big. We can just dictate this or dictate that. And those guys, yeah, they're staying. They're praying. They're praying in their closets. They're praying at church at their prayer meetings. But we don't see them. There's no visibility. So if you don't say, I have a problem with that, by not being involved in it, you're saying, I'm okay with that. So your absence, our absence, I'm not separate from this. Our absence indicate 
and acceptance of what's going on. If you've got children, grandchildren, know what's being taught to them. I mentioned this uh, last time, a few weeks ago, a week ago, whatever it was, about one of the sisters expressed the fact that she had gone into the school to see what they were being taught. And they were teaching fourth graders some things that we learn in 10th, 11th grade concerning their bodies, concerning their choice of lifestyles. You know, the fact that you don't have to uh, claim a gender anymore. You don't have to say you're male or female anymore. How many of us could have foreseen that? I know, I know we're not prophets, prophetesses. How many of us could have foreseen that? And what's next? And I can think of some really, really horrible things. But again, it, it wouldn't be appropriate. It wouldn't benefit us at all. I'll just allow you to think for yourself what might happen. The Lord is in control, but he's also given us a part to play. We need to wake up. While we're sleeping, the world around us is moving past us. While we're sleeping, we wake up and there's muddy footprints on our backs because they've trampled over us during the night while we were sleeping. While we were sleeping, someone made a mandate that we can no longer worship like this. Someone made a mandate that if you're going to have a church, it better be underground. Someone mandated that we can't talk about sin anymore. If Richard gets up there and he talks about certain things, certain sins, we're going to arrest him as the body watches. Well, what, what can we do about it? Well, look, we'll just pray for the brother. Too little, too late. And don't misunderstand me. There's power in prayer, but there's also a time when you've got to put feet to the faith. We can pray, but there also has to be an action. And for verification, read the book of James. I encourage you to read the book of James. See what that says. If you don't understand it, Holy Spirit will give you a clear understanding of what that means. Prayer without works is dead. It won't make any sense to you unless you really understand what that really means. We need to take a stand. So last words of encouragement, and we'll close. Um, this is challenging for me, and I'm not looking for any sympathy. Don't misunderstand me, but it's just that to see what's going on around us, and we're allowing it. I don't have any answers for anyone except me. I know what the Lord has called me to, and this is just a part of it now. Speak to my people. Make them aware. You know, ask them, ask them, beg with them, beseech them to wake up. Well, brother, I'm standing. I'm still standing. That's fine. But continue to stand. When that's all you can do, continue to stand. Final word. Pray, 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 repeat. Father, we just thank you for the time that you've given us. We thank you so much for just waking us up this morning and finding new mercies on our pillows, Father, and just knowing that we got another chance, another opportunity to encourage and be encouraged by one another and to go out and proclaim the gospel, Father. And I just pray, Father, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. Your word says that if you're ashamed of, of, of me before your peeps, 
I'll be ashamed of you before my gospel, before my father. So I thank you for what you've done. And I pray, Father, if I've said one word here today that discouraged my sister or my brother, I pray that you would delete it from my minds right now. So I thank you for what you've done. I pray for you granting us an opportunity to proclaim your word. And I, as always, pray that it was rightly divided. So, Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. May you receive the glory of everything that we've done, everything we're going to do throughout this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out. And uh, enjoy the rest of your evening.